Hello, and welcome to the Strengthening the Soul of Your Leadership podcast. My name is Ruth Haley Barton, founder of the Transforming Center, and usually I'm here with my conversation partner, Steve Weens, but he is enjoying some sabbatical time. So instead, I've invited my friend and fellow spiritual director, Reverend Adele Calhoun, to discuss her book, Invitations from God, Accepting God's Offer to Rest, Weep, Forgive, Wait, Remember, and More. Each week, we will be discussing a chapter from this transforming resource and looking at it through the lens of the invitations God might have for us, individually and in community, as we emerge from the life-shifting season of the past year and a half. Before we share this week's conversation between Adele and myself, I want to let you know that we have revamped our patron program. We are now giving patrons regular, exclusive bonus content that can be downloaded directly into the podcasting app of your choice. You can find out more and sign up to be a patron at patreon.com slash transformingcenter. If you enjoy what we're talking about here on the podcast and want to go a bit deeper with these conversations, the patron program is for you. And now here's this week's conversation with Adele Calhoun on her book, Invitations from God. Hello, friends. I am so excited to be on with you today and especially with my friend, Adele Calhoun. Um, We are entering into a 12-episode season where we're going to talk about her book, Invitations from God, and use that as the context for just a real conversation between us as friends, as spiritual directors, as people who have been working in the realm of formation for a long time, and just to use her book and the themes in her book as a jumping-off point for conversations that we'd like to have. Um, I'm excited about this book in particular because I feel that the invitations from God contained in her work are really pertinent to us all as we emerge from the pandemic and just the really rough season that we've been in over the last 18 months. And we're going to be talking about the invitations in general, but also applying them to the specific context that we're in now as everyone emerges into what we could call a new normal. I'm not quite sure what to call it, but as we emerge, I believe there are invitations from God that we can be listening to and responding to. So before we get started, I want to talk a little bit um, and reminisce a little bit with Adele about our past and how we have become connected with each other, and then also let her say a little bit about her her ministry life and how that has unfolded over over many years. Adele and I met each other, we've identified, I think, 24 years ago in 1998, and that's going to date us, and I don't care. I'm going to start owning. <laughs> I'm going to own it, right, Adele? We're going to uh, own yes, the fact that we are it. mature women and that we are speaking as mature women who have been around the block for a while. And um, we met 24 years ago when I was training to become a spiritual director, and in my training program, I had to have a peer supervision group, and I I was required to do that as part of my training, and we had to put together our own group or find one or something like like that locally. And so there was a group uh, already functioning here in Chicago with Adele and Marilyn Stewart and Alice Freiling, and I can't remember who else. It was a sister. It was a... A religious woman. Yes. Catholic order. And there was a Mennonite in our group, too. And yeah, it was just, right. it was amazing for me as a young spiritual director to be invited and included in this peer supervision group. And that's how our connection began. And then we've just been connected in different ways ever since. 
So eventually, um, Adele and I and some others were were part of the founding board of the Transforming Center. So Adele is not with us as a guest today. She's with us as one of us and someone who has been very involved in the ministry for many, many years. And so I'm just thrilled that we can sort of pick up the conversation and talk about her book. And also, her book, Invitations from God, is a transforming resource. And so it's very uh, congruent with the messages and the themes of our transforming communities. And, and in many ways, I think the fact that there are so many similarities in our themes and in the way we talk and write about formation probably has to do with the fact that we've been <laughs> in a right. deeply mutually influencing relationship for a very long time. Very, and I think you'll see time. that as our conversation unfolds. So Adele, welcome. Thank you Thank for being you, willing to be in this conversation with me. And I would like our listeners to get to know you a little bit more. So could you tell us a little bit about your ministry life? Because you've been in ministry for so many years and um, what some of those contexts have been and where you are right this minute in your ministry <laughs> unfolding. Uh, give us a little history. Okay. Um so I feel like my history is very eclectic. Mm-hmm. Um, I've been in some form of ministry for over 50 years. And it's been everything from working with at-risk youth and being a missionary in Southeast Asia, the Mideast, Europe, working for the International Fellowship of Inter- Evangelical Students, for InterVarsity Christian Fellowship in Boston, at Harvard and Tufts and MIT, so a very heady sort of place. It's been being on staff of, of four churches as associate pastor and as a co-senior pastor with my husband. So I feel like the the path that has evolved for me was never anything I had as a goal, and it it unfolded in ways that ambushed me and surprised me, and mm-hmm. now after a long, long time. (laughs) Um, My husband and I in the last four Mm -hmm. years have been working um, at High Rock Covenant Church as the co-pastors of spiritual formation, largely for for the staff, the church staff as well as the network church staff. As the pandemic happened and everything went splash, Everything went virtual. We were on Zoom all the time doing spiritual direction, not only for the church, but for our own clientele. We were part of the discussions of how the church needed to to change and pivot was the big word and uh, relaunch. That reminds me of a Friends things. episode, by the way. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> pivot, pivot. Pivot, relaunch. <laughs> and as we listened, we just thought, that's great. Those are mm-hmm. great ideas. Mm-hmm. And we don't want to do that. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. Oh, isn't it great to get to this place in your life where you can say, that's great, but I don't want to, I don't want to do it. I don't want to do it. I don't want to strategize. You have to live I, a while to get to I say that. I have another discussion about that. <laughs> that's right. I want to encourage you. I'll support <laughs> you. I'm for it. Just don't make oh, me do it. That's right. Oh, so amen, sister. We decided to... Uh, to step away and to say, here's our salary. Mm-hmm. Please hire somebody who wants to do it. <laughs> <laughs> so and great. we will continue to do spiritual direction for the staff, church staff, mm-hmm. network staff. And we are thrilled to be doing that. If they want us for anything else, they'll they'll pay us our going consultant mm-hmm. rate. <laughs> and they'll pay us for doing the spiritual direction. I feel like we have space to have some yeah. new rhythms and to 
have a sense of what we want to say yes and no to in a new way, what we will continue to do and what we won't. So yeah. that's where we at, are yeah. in a liminal space. Um, the end of June, uh, it all shifts. Yeah, that's beautiful. It sounds wonderful to me. Well, um, I want to jump into our conversation. I've been so looking forward to it. And I mentioned earlier that we've chosen this book, Invitations from God, because it feels like a lot of these invitations are ones that can fit for us right now as we emerge from the pandemic. And I'm concerned personally as a spiritual director that we're all jumping back in and, like you said, trying to strategize and figure stuff out, but that we haven't created space to listen to God and what God is saying to us right now. And I'm actually actively encouraging people to take time for discernment, you know, even six months before you start putting things back on the calendar to stop and discern what God is saying to us right now. And that's why I feel like this book and this conversation is the right one for us uh, right, right in this moment. And I also want to emphasize the idea of spiritual conversation, that this is not going to be an interview, that Adele and I are really hoping to be able to have a spiritual conversation with each other like we've had for years and years and years and listen deeply to one another and to God as we talk about these invitations, both for ourselves and for others and for the church as it steps back into a more active and present kind of existence. Um, And then we also want there to be an emphasis on how to say yes, not just what's the invitation and how do I hear it, but how do I concretely say yes to this invitation? If I'm hearing it from God, how do I say yes? So let's jump into the introduction because the introduction of the book is actually very substantive and it's um, some writing about invitations. And it's interesting to me, Adele, that both of us have such an emphasis on invitations in our writings. And in the Transforming Resources, we have several books that have that word in the title. We have Invitation to Solitude and Silence, Invitation to Retreat, Invitation to a Journey from Bob Mulholland, and then Invitation from God. And this idea of invitation is really, really important to us in the Transforming Center. And it's actually where we begin each and every one of our transforming communities. We start with an invitation to retreat, an invitation to rest, an invitation to reflect on our desire for more in the spiritual life, an invitation to encounter God in solitude and silence. So Adele, talk to me a little bit about and talk to us and let's you and I talk together about this idea of invitation, what it means to you and what it means to us in the context of the spiritual life. Why is the idea of invitation so significant and important? So I think that the word invitation to me is a very personal word mm-hmm. and having a, a history of feeling uninvited and unincluded, mm-hmm. this word is a real gift. Mm-hmm. And I grew up with a lot of you ought, you should obey language. And that, that's okay language, but it doesn't you know, ought and should may carry you about four months in yeah. in a practice. You ought to run. Okay, I can run mm-hmm. for four months. <laughs> I'm done running. But there's something about the word invitation that to me has uh, the ability to carry me longer. And I think the other thing about invitations is when the the infinite, eternal, all-loving God who made us and is inside of us, invites us. It gives invitations such, it honors us so much Mm -hmm. that we're invited. 
into growth, into God. And so it, it just feels like it shifts in me something fundamental. So do you, do you have a similar resonance? Yes, and I, I was just thinking about the whole idea of freedom, that in an invitation there is real freedom to oh, say yes sure. and to say no versus being coerced or manipulated oh. or forced. And I just love that, that yeah. in invitation God is giving us freedom because God doesn't want us to be forced because it's not a real relationship if, if we're being forced. But God gives us great freedom to say yes or to say no. And so I also hope that in these conversations, as we talk about the invitations, that nobody hears that we're being forced into any of this. That's right. You know? No ought, no should. No ought, no should. But but a real invitation from, as you said, a God who loves us and knows what's good for us mm-hmm. and is always giving us opportunities to step in mm-hmm. to what's good for us in a really free way. And so I, I too value the language of invitation so much for those very reasons. And as you said, also just the, the idea that I'm wanted, you know, cause I think I too, I feel the same way you do about this, this idea of not having been invited and included. I wonder Adele, if that has something to do with being female too, is that in the areas that you and I have worked in, in ministry in particular, we were often not invited into you know, elder groups into the pastorate, (laughs) like we had to fight our way into anything we got to be included in. And I wonder if that's a fundamental experience of being female a little bit, Mm -hmm. is that we're often excluded and have to fight our way in to some of the circles and some of the places where we'd like to be, you know, Mm -hmm. rather than being on the outside. I, I, that's a part of what I think gives me a feeling of being an outsider sometimes is that it's just never been easy. So the idea of invitation is, is very compelling. What can you remind me of the context within which you wrote this book? Like why this came out of you at the time that it did? Yeah. Um, so in 1996, that's when we moved to to mm-hmm. Boston, and Doug and I were senior pastors of this church plant. It'd been going for a couple of years, but we were the first senior pastors, and it it was a group of very busy, very successful, mm-hmm. very uh, hard driving professionals, young Mm -hmm. professionals, virtually all of them 20 to 30 years younger than us. And, you know, on the ascent, making their, making their mark, doing their thing, sitting on boards already. And, and after one year of being there, I thought (laughs) these people don't need another way, (laughs) any space to hear anything from God. They're way too Uh, supercharged. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And so that fall of our second fall in Boston, we preached a series on invitations from God and Cindy Bunch, my editor called and said, you writing anything? And I said, no, just sermons. <laughs> so anyway, here are the, the sermons were the launch pad mm-hmm. and it was this wonderful group of people who needed to know how to say no, be yes. free to say no and be free to say yes. Yes. And now, Steve and I would like to take a moment to share a little bit about another way you can go even deeper on your spiritual journey around the themes we're discussing here on the podcast. We'd like to tell you about our Transforming Communities. Transforming Communities is a practice-based spiritual formation experience with nine quarterly retreats. The Transforming Community Experience is designed to integrate your spirituality and your leadership and help you reclaim practices and experiences Spiritual seekers down through the ages have used to open themselves to God's transforming work. I was a part of TC6 way back in 2011, 
And it was such an important part of my spiritual journey. It is really hard to explain all that happens in this two-year, 27-month experience. So over the course of this season, we're going to be inviting different ones of our alums to share about what their transforming community experience meant to them. So here's what this week's alum has to say. Ruth has been known to say that it is when we most think we cannot retreat that we most need to retreat. And that has certainly been true of my story. When I first joined a transforming community, from the outside, it would have looked like maybe the worst time to try and do so. We had a young family, and my career was just beginning to grow, and the opportunities for leadership in my church and in my community were presenting themselves, and my time and our finances were stretched really thin, and I felt God's invitation to transforming community so deeply that as much as it didn't make sense on the outside, it made so much sense on the inside. Inside, I knew that if I wanted to be a part of all of these areas of my life in a way that was deeply rooted in God and trying to discern his will and to be participating in ways that were building up of our life together in Christ I needed a regular and routine connection with him. I needed a community to come alongside me in a journey of transformation that would continue to reveal what God is doing in my life and in my heart and what he is calling me to. I just knew that I needed to go ahead and just trust that if I was willing that God would make me able to join a transforming community. And I am so grateful that I decided to just follow the deepest longing of my heart, which was to not wait, that I really believed that it would be so good for all the aspects of myself and my life for me to be in God deeply and regularly so that my life would be better sustained, that I could cultivate practices that would be really healthy and restful and good and balanced and to support me in discerning and doing the will of God in my life and in my leadership sooner rather than later. You can visit transformingcenter.org to learn more and to apply to the next transforming community. And now back to my conversation with Adele on invitations from God. You talk about the fact that there is this convoluted journey of saying yes and no. So you just talked about yeses and nos, that you're, we need to say no so we can say yeses. And you actually use the phrase, my convoluted journey is posted with invitations and my RSVPs account for the twists and turns. Um, and you talk about the fact that, that the, the invitations and the ways we say yes and no can get all snarled up with zeal, naivete, and desire to prove oneself. I think that's really, really true. Could you say a little bit more about that? Flesh that out. Tell me about a yes or a no that was all snarled up. How did you experience a yes or a no that was all snarled up in those ways? So I'll just give you a, a, a very recent uh, example. Mm -hmm. So I was coming back from my first speaking gig two weeks ago in Colorado after COVID you know mm -hmm. so excited to go went to Colorado where I grew up coming home uh, plane lands I text Doug and say I'm here get to the gate I'm at the gate you know and and then I, as I get close to the 
pick me up at the same place you left me off. Send the text. And I think, oh, that's not right. It's the same number, but it's a different level. So in the time that it takes me to send the second text, he says back, you have to tell me, are you at arrivals or departures? I have to decide now. So I think, okay, he's going to arrival. So I go, I'm, I'm at arrival. So I run up the stairs to arrivals. Then I get to arrivals and I'm like, no, Doug is there. And then I call him instead of text him and said, I'm at arrivals. And he says, well, I'm at departures. And so then I have to run down and go to departures. And I know how this could play out. He could be vexed that I didn't give, give him clear directions, which I didn't. And I could be vexed that he's vexed. And we could get in this circle that's very familiar mm. to us of triggering yeah. each other. Or I could say yes <laughs> and no. No to the immediate response, default. And yes to what I really want to do is I'm so glad to see my husband. Mm -hmm. I can say yes to that. So I was having this internal conversation about what I was going to do the whole time that I was running up and down mm -hmm. stairs. <laughs> With your luggage, of course. With my too. luggage. <laughs> and by the time I got to the curb and I opened the door, Doug says, I'm so sorry that I didn't understand. And I said, and I'm so sorry I wasn't clear. And we could hug and say, mm -hmm. I'm so glad to see you. And I just thought, this is practice. This is what saying yes to God's invitations do. They change us yeah. so that our default is different. And it's still today the same thing. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So I don't know. It's a continual yeah. thing, isn't yeah, it? It's a it continual is. thing. It is. It is. The, another area I'm thinking about is the area of vocational choices. You know, so um, another area that you and I share in common is this whole area of speaking and being invited to speak and part of the part of what what I have been hearing lately is an invitation and some freedom to say no that I don't have <laughs> to say yes to everybody who asks because there's a part of me you know the ego part that would like to say yes to everything anybody asked me to do but then I get there and I'm sad to be away from home <laughs> I I miss I my know. family I miss my rhythms I want to be sleeping in my own bed and I'm like what caused me to say yes to this and I realize that I have not been hearing so clearly the freedom to say no and to realize that I don't have to say yes to everything that ever, everybody asked me to do so that's another place I think all of us I love what you said about those young people that you worked with the young leaders who were just so driven that there's also this opportunity that God gives us at some point to discern better. Um, is this invitation that's coming from another person really an invitation that's from God? Or is it something else? And do I have the freedom to say no? And how do I discern my yeses and my noes vocationally? And I think that we need to be aware of is our default yes or no? Yes. Mm -hmm. yes. Or, you know, I'll think about it. But right. my default is yes. Mm -hmm. I say yes without thinking about it. Yes. But my husband's default is no, and he is no without thinking about it. Yeah, that's good. That's really good. And unless we know the default, I think it's much harder to work with. And when I right. know that, you know, one of the invitations I said yes to early on when my kids were little, and my husband was just, you say, you say yes too much. Mm -hmm. I just decided no spontaneous yeses. Yes. But the answer is always, thank you for asking. That's I will right. get back to you. 
I have that's a group right. of people that I discern with. I'll get back to you. Yes, that's and for the no yes. person, it is to back up and say, mm-hmm. say more about that. Yeah. Um, let me think about that. That's right. The same thing. Exactly. I can get back to you about that. That's right. So, <laughs> yes, so that we have the chance to discern God's invitation that's in that right. other person's invitation. So I love that. So on on page fifteen of your book, you write, "Do you have any idea that what do we have any idea what God's invitations to us are?" Do our yeses to invitations simply divert or stroke our ego, or did they nurture and grow body, soul, and spirit? So, so do we have any idea what God's invitations to us are, and how do we discern those? How do we discern whether it's from God or whether or not it's simply a stroke to our ego? How do you help people with that as a spiritual director, Adele? How do you, <laughs> how do you help with that? Because <laughs> that's a big discernment right there. Yeah, it is. Well, I think there is paying attention to what you want to do. Mm-hmm. What is it you really want to do? And then the motive. Why do I want yeah. to do it? <laughs> it reminds me of Parker Palmer and Let Your Life Speak. Remember that illustration that he gives where he talks about the fact that he accepted this presidency of a college. And in the end, he didn't want to do any of any, the work associated it. with it. He just liked the idea of having his picture in the paper. Yeah. I mean, I just thought that was one of the most powerful experiences mm-hmm. of actually getting down to what it really is. Mm-hmm. What What is motivating me to say yes to this thing? <laughs> that was just hilarious and true. You know, I could... Well, and, and I think I, I put in the book, I think I said, you know, I might feel great saying yes to going across the country to give a, a, a talk I wouldn't walk across the street to, yes, to hear. Exactly. You know, what is yeah. that? That's <laughs> so all ego. True. That's right. Yeah. So that's why I just felt like landing and talking for a while about even the nature of invitations and how we hear them and how we discern whether or not they're invitations from God is just so important. Um, because it's not, it's not all that clear all the time, yeah. unless we can get quiet on the inside and ask those, those very kinds of questions. Um, you say that without the lived experience of risking, which is another word for trusting, and I do have often talked about the fact that God's invitations are often risky. Mm-hmm. The, a true invitation from God is often risky. Do you agree with that? Oh, Absolutely. Because if we are to be people of faith, and faith is risk, why, why would we have a Christian life with no risk, yeah, right? <laughs> no faith? Yeah. And sometimes I feel like that's actually how I recognize an invitation from God is that there's a certain element of risk in it. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's when how, I see that, that yeah, when I see that, I'm like, oh, I bet God's continuing to call me out to the edge of faith. Mm-hmm. And it's interesting to think that a word that feels a little bit soft like invitations, actually has this component of risk, that if it's from God, he's probably in some way taking us out to the edge of our faith. Mm-hmm. So I, that, I think that is another way of noticing whether or not an invitation is from God, is does it take me further in my faith? Yes. I, I t- yeah, I think you're right. And if we're playing it safe, we we not only won't recognize that there is an invitation. Right. So we can't even say yes or no. You know, right. it's off the table. Mm-hmm. I'm not going to be unsafe. Yes, that's right. Not willing to do that today. Yeah. So you say that our Christianity can devolve into dogma that rattles around in our heads. Some people spend years of their lives in church believing all the right things, but lacking an inner sense of being invited into God's own heart. 
I think this is so true, and 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 I don't know how it's happened. And I I thought it'd be fun for you and I to talk a little bit about how has this happened in the church, where church means spending years believing all the right things and learning how to believe all the right things and defending all the right things, but while all the while lacking a sense of being invited into God's own heart and by definition being invited into the deeper spiritual journey. Yeah. How how does church actually help us in the end avoid? God, how does this happen? Like you and I have been raised in the church. We've been in the church forever and ever. Can we talk about how this happens and why this happens? <laughs> well, I think about the first thing I think about is, is you know, Robert Mulholland yeah. talking about educational models and how we both grew up in uh, churches where educating us about what was right and orthodox and true and not heretical was the same thing as following Jesus. And if information is the same thing as following Jesus, then I just stay in my head. And staying in my head, I can decide what's right. I can, I can land on what's right and true and certain I'm yeah. sure I've studied this. I know what these texts mean. I can, mm-hmm. and then I, then I can just say, you know, here's my corral. Here's my truth. Here's, here's, here, well, actually I'd say, here's the Bible's truth. And sort of my engagement with the world is just um, adversarial. Yeah. I also think that there's something in us as Protestants. Um, I'm sure Catholics have their own issues, but for Protestants, we are known by what we protest. <laughs> you're right yeah and i think we feel like we have to be defenders of the faith because actually the protestant movement came out of that dynamic of trying to defend the faith and all that and of course good things came out of the reformation there there were things that need to be needed to be reformed but at the same time it's in our dna to defend and to protest and to think we have it all right um, and that we don't even need our historic faith you know, that, that emerges from, you know, Judaism to Catholicism to where we are today, that yeah. all of and that 1500 is 1,500 years of yeah, Christianity. And we, we as, as Protestants, like we've been around 300 years and think we've got it all nailed and we're writing our own statements of faith and things like that. I remember one time I was talking to, oh, well, you, you know this young man who was on, in, you know, among us in the beginning of the Transforming Center, a very devout Catholic yeah, young man yeah, at the yeah. time. And when I told him one time about uh, Protestant churches writing their own statements of faith, he just snorted. I mean, <laughs> he he could not believe that we would deign to write our own statements of faith because they ascribe to the creeds, yeah, you know, yeah. and the, the Nicene Creed and the Apostles Creed where, you know, our church fathers argued about it for years and years and years and finally got a few words on a piece of paper. And yet we think as Protestants that we need to redo our statements of faith. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's just. And, and I, 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 it was just so funny to look at it from his point of view that he would have seen no need ever to write anybody's own statement of faith. But, you know, they they you know, he adopted the creeds and believed in the creeds. So yeah. anyway, it's just all it's just all very interesting how we've gotten so far in the church from having it be about being in God's heart and knowing yes. God's heart and living out of God's heart. And I really believe that listening for these invitations takes us back into the heart of God and God's good intentions for each and every one of us that are highly relational versus just an intellectual ascent. 
So thank you for that. Well, one more thing that I want to talk about from your introduction, and, and then uh, we'll look at what's ahead for us in this season. I really loved your statement, only free people know how to say yes and no. Let's talk about that. What does this mean? What kind of freedom are, are you talking about here? And how do we get that kind of freedom? As we begin listening to the invitations, let's make sure that we're entering into this as free people. How do we get that kind of freedom? So there's probably a lot of answers to this, but the thing that first comes to my mind is FOMO. Mm-hmm. Yeah. If I am attached it's what I'm attached to, right? If I'm attached to this fear of missing out, that will determine what I say yes and no mm -hmm. to. If I am attached to uh, mm -hmm. money or mm -hmm. power or position or safety or approval, you can just go through the list of things. If mm -hmm. I'm attached to those things, the outcome of my decision is not free. Yeah, right. And so to, to me, part of freedom is the awareness of where I'm attached and making choices that aren't default. Mm -hmm. Well, I'll take this job because it gives me more money. Well, if I'm attached to money yeah. alone, then it, I, I don't have to discern. It, I've already got my, my default response. And I don't know. Do you think there's a simpler a simpler way to know no and i think you're talking about you know interior freedom it's it's not it's the, it's this interior freedom to make decisions without being inordinately attached to anything i no i think that's a great way to talk about it um how do we get there is is noticing the attachments sort of the big first step because if you can notice it then you can make a real choice if you don't notice it you're not you don't have choice you don't have choice yeah yeah you if you're in bondage choice. without knowing it to these attachments then you can't make any different choice yeah and i think there's also it's noticing the attachment but don't you feel like there's also noticing my defensiveness mm -hmm. or you know doug says something mm -hmm. to me that i don't like to hear it could be true but you know, my narrative, it's not true, then I, I can't say yes freely. Yeah. I'm still, I'm still sort of living in denial and self-justification and rationalization yeah. and all these things that aren't places of freedom to choose. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And that's why I chose the invitation to participate in our own healing as the first invitation. Mm -hmm. Yeah. <laughs> so that we are healed from those attachments. Yeah. Well, we're not going to talk about that in this episode because I can't wait to get to the next one to talk about that. <laughs> Let's give a bit of a preview about some of the invitations that are ahead, especially as it has to do with where we are as individuals, as pastors and leaders, and even as the church as a whole. What are some of the invitations that you're aware of that God seems to be offering up to us? And what are the invitations that we'll be considering in this upcoming season? So I thought it was interesting, Ruth, that you, as you were setting things up for this conversation that you talked about, oh, these invitations seem to be something that are really uh, pertinent coming out of COVID. Mm -hmm. And I hadn't thought about that. Mm -hmm. And I, I think you, you're, you're right. As I thought about, I was trying to think about COVID. What were the invitations I said yes mm -hmm. to during COVID? <laughs> you know, and I thought, well, 
I did all my shopping on Amazon. You know, I, I watched videos for exercise and I Googled everything I wanted to know when I had nobody to ask. And then I thought, well, that's being a user, right? Mm. <laughs> I used all these things. And then I thought, well, that's not an invitation. God's invitations aren't you don't make us users. Mm. And so it just made me pause mm. and say, God's invitations are not something I use, but they are something that has to open me to God in a in a new way. Mm-hmm. Crack me open. Make, and it will make me uncomfortable, just like you said. It will make yeah. me nervous mm-hmm. and maybe even uh, reticent. Yeah. And that's one way I will recognize the mm-hmm. spirit. Yeah. That it's not, oh, well, I could use this discipline because... So I'm going to say the discipline to... Uh, begin with our own healing the, the the invitation is such a sweet invitation invitation to weep yeah weep with those who weep yeah. weep as god weeps invitation to love yeah to me these are very just the invitation to wait who gets mm-hmm. out of waiting there's no yeah. human being on this planet that doesn't have to wait it's a given but we're bad at it so how do we so to me, these invitations will be weighty. We waited all of COVID and now yeah. the default is not to wait. Yes. And to jump back in and just fix it and solve it and get back mm-hmm. to normal. And so I think, you know, the invitation to wait is one of the really important ones for us right now as it applies to where we are right now mm-hmm. to not jump too fast to solutions, but to wait, to take time to hear what God has to say to us as we emerge, to me, feels so important. Um, Is there another invitation that you think is sort of front and center? Oh, yeah. I think that the invitation to to weep is so significant. Um, and I can't wait to talk about that because I think part of this jumping back in and getting back to normal is that we haven't taken time to really pay attention to the losses. And we all have had really, really hard things happen. Mm -hmm. And um, to not dismiss the graduation that didn't happen or the wedding with your friends that didn't happen or the funeral that you didn't get to go to, you know, honoring your parent the way you wanted to or your relative, the things that got missed. We need to stop and grieve those things Mm -hmm. rather than just papering over it and going on. So I'm really looking forward to that conversation in particular where we talk about the invitation to weep. Mm -hmm and to mourn you know i think i i think that all the invitations in some way relate to where we are right now but i think you know the healing the one to healing too i think that there's hurts and pains that have come mm-hmm. not just from covid but from the season that we've had politically oh my gosh the things that we've witnessed and seen in the racial divide and the contentious election and the insurrection stuff have we healed anything or are we just keeping going as though nothing happened i don't think we can be healthy if we just keep going no and i i feel like coming out of covid and coming into september Mm -hmm. where everybody's going to be ramping up pivoting everything we've talked Mm -hmm. about there will be a lot of ptsd Mm -hmm. if we don't do this inner work of grieving of Mm -hmm. the trauma that mm-hmm. happened is going to we are going to be in a bigger mess than we were in covid Absolutely. in terms of our mm-hmm. relationships and our um the sustainability of what we're doing in a healthy way right right i think there's invitations within the invitations too 
there's, you know, within these big invitations, I think there's other more specific invitations within them. And so I'm really looking forward to calling out some of those. Um, and that's what we'll be doing. So <laughs> I'm so glad to be with you, Adele, in this. There's nobody else I'd rather have 12 hours of conversation <laughs> with about spiritual <laughs> matters than you. Well, let's hope we say the same thing <laughs> at right. the end. <laughs> exactly. So, um, so thank you all for for being with us in this first episode of our season on invitations from God, accepting God's offer to rest, weep, forgive, wait, remember, and more. And we'll see you in our next episode. Thanks so much for listening today. There are so many podcasts to choose from, and I'm grateful you have spent the last 30 minutes with us. If God has stirred something in you about your own leadership experience, maybe God is inviting you to begin your own journey of leadership transformation by joining a transforming community. You can visit transformingcenter.org to learn more and apply. Also, thanks for your support of the podcast and the work of the Transforming Center. If you have enjoyed the conversation, please rate and review on iTunes or wherever you listen. You can become a partner and receive exclusive content by visiting patreon.com slash transformingcenter.